The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at TNTradio.live. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Morning, happy hump day. This is Open Line. It's Wednesday, the 17th of January, 2024. I'm Natalie Chill. You've already listened to Sonia and uh, Abby Roberts this morning. And now you've got Rick Munn and Gemma Cooper as well. What more could you possibly want in a morning? Uh, Well, do you want to call in at the end of the show? Check an entertaining online chat. Check. And guess galore? Check. Well, we've got Refuse Nick Paul coming on to talk about electric vehicles. And we've got Callum Smiles again coming in live from Davos giving us a report. I thought I'd start the show on a light-hearted note. I'm not sure if you saw on uh, NHS Scotland, they did a video and put it out on X yesterday. Uh, a bunch of uh, older ladies telling us to keep safe and walk like a penguin and showing us how we should walk. Uh, Rick, did you take a look and will you be walking like a penguin to keep us all safe? Well, to be honest, I didn't see it, but I do walk like a penguin anyway. I've got short little fat legs and a big belly and I kind of waddle up the street and I'm being super cautious at the minute with the icy roads. So today, after the show, I'll be making my way into town on foot. And no doubt if I were a black and white tuxedo, I could well be mistaken for an emperor penguin. So already already ahead of the game, Natalie. That's me. That's TNT ahead of the game. Yeah, so they were all there, like like walking like walking like this. These uh, little old ladies, they, they were saying, you know, if it's cold and icy out there, this is how you can protect everyone and not overwhelm the NHS. Personally, Rick, I'd just like them to see them sort out the waiting times uh, rather than tell us that we need to walk like penguins. But, um, you know, if if we have to do it, we'll have to try save everyone. That's how we can save granny this year. Uh, don't get a vaccine, walk like a penguin. And uh, I thought you'd like this story as, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, the man has found a loophole to the bin problem. This was reported in the Daily Fail. Uh, he had too much rubbish. So he put a sign on it saying... I am non-binary. Today, I identify as a green bin. Please empty me. And the binman must have found it a good laugh because it got emptied and he managed to get a slot in the paper in the Daily Mail with a smile. So there you go. That's how the problem sorted, uh, identifying as a green bin, Rick. There's another solution to that problem, which is very common where I live. Uh, you can dump your rubbish in other people's bins. So wait until bin night. Uh, bin day is the next day. Most people leave their bins out really late at night. So if you're up maybe 1 a.m., take all your crap. If there's no room in your bin or you want to contaminate, and just simply dump it in your next door neighbor's bin. Of course, I'm only joking. I wouldn't possibly advocate that. But I do know people that would stoop to such depths of depravity to contaminate their neighbor's bin. So there's always there's always a solution, Natalie, to every problem. The question is, how do you find it? Well, it, well, exactly. Uh, but I'm, I don't have that problem with my bins anyway. And I think that other people were saying uh, in the online chat last time we discussed it, if you put your recycling in lots of bin bags, they don't have the time to sort through it. So there you go. That's, a, that's another tip uh, from us on today's news talk, uh, keeping you up to date with all the latest news. Uh, don't go away. Uh, we'll talk to Gemma right after this short break. Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Morning, Gemma. Uh, you're not uh, putting any notes on your bins. They're not identifying as any different this week, are they? Well, a little humour goes a long way, doesn't it? And uh, good for him, but I'm not, I identify as non-binary. Let's just, you know, let's <laughs> laugh at the whole issue anyway, shall we, of non-binary. Let's just yeah. reduce it to what it is, a bit of rubbish. Um, and yeah, I, I identify as non-binary. I would probably stick that on my bin, actually. Fair play to him. Yeah, absolutely. And what story have you got for us this morning? Well, unsurprisingly, tensions are now running even higher in the the Middle East because we heard just then from Matt Boyland on the hourly news update about the Iran strikes on Pakistan um, aimed at Sunni militant groups. Obviously, tensions in the Middle East are now running massively high and more and more commentators are coming out this morning saying we're heading ever closer to World War III. It's not just because of what's happening in the Middle East. It's because of China and Taiwan. It's because of Russia, obviously, and Ukraine. It's all sorts of different factors and factors uh, coming into play now um but on a that's on a macro level but it's also affecting people's lives on a micro level i know we talked yesterday when we reflected the first set of iranian um strikes on uh, syria and iraq and we we're saying you know, it's so, so difficult to kind of keep up with events in that part of the world and do they really affect us or are they just warring factions but it absolutely does and there's a high court hearing in London today, and it's in its second day now. And it does show how tensions are running so high with this issue of like religion and and, and all sorts of things. Uh, but it's basically a very good school, which introduced a ban on Muslim prayer last March, has been taken to the High Court by a Muslim pupil who uh, whose lawyers gave evidence yesterday. It's the school's turn to give evidence today. But the pupil took the school to court saying that it was an infringement of her religious expression, that, that banning Muslim prayer uh, messed up her day, uh, made her feel less than than equal. Just one pupil, not, not, not a raft of pupils. And the school as a whole, half of its pupils are Muslim, uh, but only one pupil has taken this to taken the head teacher effectively to the high court, which is a very brave thing or a very stupid thing to do, depending on your point of view. Um, the school is in northwest London. It's called Michaela School. It's got an excellent educational record, and the head teacher there is renowned for her strict policies. When she introduced the ban on Muslim prayer last March, uh, students kind of took it into their own hands to go out into the schoolyard. They put their blazers down on on what they say was wet and muddy ground so that they could carry on praying. Um, And the ban itself was very controversial. It landed the school with all sorts of threats. There were bomb hoaxes. The police had to be called. Security had to be called. But the head teacher did not back down. She said, it's my school. I will run it as I see fit. Uh, the Board of Governors agreed with her, uh, and that's a, that the Board of Governors with schools is usually representative of parents and people from the local community. They agreed with the teacher. But no, this case has come to the High Court. And as I say, the lawyers for the pupil gave evidence yesterday. The school is giving its defence as we speak this morning here in the UK, uh, and the judge will rule on it. And originally, the school had asked for the hearing to be in private and for the school or the head teacher not to be identified. The pupil can't be identified because of her age and anonymity with the law that that the people under 16 are afforded. Uh, but the, the judge said, no, I am going to name the school. I am going to let this be reported. So it depends on his his or her verdict later as to whether the school was in the right or the pupil was in the right. But the fact that the school received bomb hoaxes, threats and death threats, and the police had to be called, it shows that tensions with regard to religion, particularly Muslim religion at the moment, are running extremely high as a result of the, the events from October the 7th, which has now kick-started a tinderbox in the Middle East. And we'll see how proceedings play out today and whether or not on a micro level, you know, these issues are equally as important and they affect the lives of people on a day-to-day level. 
Yeah, what do you reckon on this one, Rick? Should uh, religion have a place in school? Should be people, uh, pupils be able to pray whenever they like to? Or should education be the priority? Before I answer that, just very briefly, and this is quite funny, Gemma, when you mentioned this morning about the Iranian bombing of Pakistan in our little group chat, you did a typo, right? And instead of typing Pakistan, you typed Apkistan. You put the P and the A back to front. And I was searching everywhere. Uh, Iran, <laughs> Afghanistan, bombing. I couldn't find it anywhere. Little did I know, stupid old me, it was a typo in your part. So it wasn't Afghanistan, it was Pakistan. So anyway, you put me in a little bit of a tailspin for that, but I'm having a chuckle about it now. Natalie, should uh, prayer be allowed in school? Well, Interestingly, there are specific schools that are geared up for one religion in particular. So in Northern Ireland, for example, we would have schools that were all Protestant schools. We would have schools that were all Roman Catholic schools. I know there are some faith-based schools in the UK. And if it's a faith-based school and everybody attending that school is of the same faith and obviously their parents are on board with it, then yes, you should be able to have prayer sessions in schools. The problem nowadays is you have so many ethnicities and so many different faiths or no faith at all all mixed in together in one place that when one group does it, for example, or is keen to do it, another group doesn't, then it does cause friction and tension, as we're seeing in this story here that uh, Gemma has brought to us this morning. And I think 30 pupils out of the roughly 350 Muslim pupils in the school, there's 700, 350 are Muslim, so 30 of them have taken to praying, kneeling on their blazers outside, getting their blazers all mucked up uh, as, a, as a statement. They're making a statement here, and as Gemma said, one has come forward about this. I could see uh, a lot of trouble around the back of this, as we have seen in schools in the UK over religious issues. And also, lastly, uh, racially, uh, sometimes uh, the, the 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 lady in particular, the principal of the school, I don't know what her faith is, if she has one, but she's called uh, head teacher Burba Singh. There was a lot of racial tension last year in Leicester. I know that between Sikhs and uh, Muslims as well. So I don't know if that plays into this at all, but threats have been made. And obviously this lady's standing her ground, so it could go pear-shaped. Uh, I think uh, we'll have to see what develops here in that. Yeah, my opinion on it is that there should be no religion in schools unless it is a faith-based uh, school, as yeah. you said. My children go to a Catholic school. They're not Catholic, uh, but um, it was the, the only one that was appropriate for them. So I said to them, you have to tolerate and you have to be kind to those who are at that school. That is the school you go to. So they attend they attend mass. You know, they're not religious themselves, but, you know, you just sit, uh, sit respectfully. However, you know, I went to a, a kind of Christian school I, I it wasn't really but you know I felt like it was forced down my throat it, assemblies I hated it I hated singing the prayers I hated them uh doing uh the the it was like, like the hymns and then they had to I just thought you know this isn't this isn't what I'm signed up to this isn't what I agree with so for me you know if you're not a faith-based school the best way to discriminate against uh, no one is to have no religion whatsoever and if then you choose that you're a Muslim and you want to go and be able to pray then go to a Muslim school or choose a school where you can do that personally Gemma I think if you don't discriminate against anyone or any religion that is that's a positive thing Thing. It's, a, it's a good point to make because obviously they're, they're, I'm assuming and you should never assume but I'm assuming within this school um, that there are pupils with other faiths 
Um, and yes. th th those religions haven't been mentioned. So, of course, if you're going to ban one, you ban them all or you allow everybody uh, their own yes. religious and spiritual beliefs. Um, but what, you know, the fact that this has gone to the high court, and that's quite a lot of money uh, for the for the one, for the pupil to bring the case uh, against the head teacher and also for the school to defend its case. Both sides have got lawyers, both sets of lawyers. I've looked at some of the quotes are arguing the case very well. Um, it's only a two day hearing, but still, you know, to get a case to a high court hearing is, is no mean feat. You know, you could argue that the head teacher should be at her desk at this school it's got it's got a very good record educationally i know that's not the be all and end all but some people do set a lot of store by that um her job is to head teach isn't it uh, her job's not necessarily to kind of mediate in 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 religious belief systems um but it does beg the question what about other faiths at that school what is the position she may have previously taken on them and i do take your point rick as well if you look at the head teacher's name there is an indication there that she may come from an opposing religion to 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 the muslim religion um islam but um, I don't think that's the case here. I think she was very, she she introduced the policy. She got it verified by the Board of Governors. So, you know, it's been done completely officially. Um, yep. It's obviously the pupil who maybe feels radicalized as a result of the last few months of, of what's gone on. This is what I mean. The macro events on a world scale in, in influence micro behavior. And that's what I think we're seeing here. So I'll keep an eye on it and maybe I'll have an update by the time we're on air tomorrow of the High Court decision. Uh, certainly one party's going to go Way disappointed i think we can all agree on that I there's think, one that, I think oh, so just uh, just if i can throw this in that as well there's one possible solution to this uh that we see in airports and uh we see in hospitals there's usually a faith room that's there that's a room that's a communal space that's available for people of certain places to go and pray if you're a christian or if you're a catholic or if the baha'i faith or you're a muslim or whatever it happens to be in airports and in hospitals usually you'll see these so-called uh, multi-denominational faith rooms I don't know the way uh, that they could be set up possibly in a school, but, you know, they could set aside maybe an area to say, OK, if you're a Christian group and you want to go in and pray at lunchtime, then knock yourself out. Or if you're Muslims and you want to go in and pray, you know, however many times it's not during class, it's a possibility, a little bit like, you know, a single use toilet for the, you know, the trans issue, you know, why we want to use, just have one toilet uh, that one person can go into. And, you know, if you're a man or a woman, you can use it. Maybe they need some kind of an area like that to solve this problem. Or maybe she just needs to hold her ground and say, no, none of this at all, but uh, time will tell you. Um, yeah, Sunshine in the online chat says, if it's a state school, it should be religiously neutral um, if it's not private. And Skippy, I tend to agree with him, says this case is not being brought by the pupil. Some NGO will be funding it. And I agree. And it will then set a precedent. So um, if they lose the school, you'll probably see across the country then, uh, as uh, Rick has said, there'll need to be faith rooms. Uh, they'll need to be allowing for all prayer and religion. So it's quite a big case uh, for all schools around the country. Thank you for uh, bringing that to us, Gemma, and I know you'll give us an update soon. Uh, after the break, we've got Refuse Nick Paul uh, talking about electric vehicles here on today's News Talk. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs, what do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food 
wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated, fluoridated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. Don't forget you can call in at the end of the show. Welcome in now. Joining us on Open Line is Refuse Nick Paul. You can follow him on X at Paul R. He's a social media commentator, activist, freedom fighter, bus driver and a car and an aviation travel lover. Uh, he's here to give us an update on electric vehicles. Good morning, Paul. Uh, Good morning. Now, you've driven buses for a long time now. Uh, two yep. fires last week uh, on electric yep. vehicles and they've uh, taken uh, 200 buses off uh, TFL for the time being to have an investigation. So is this unusual in your experience? Has there been fires before on buses? and have you ever had a fire on a bus yourself i have had a fire on a bus myself a long time ago in the 90s i had an electrical fire on a conventional diesel bus uh yeah fires do happen um it's not that common but they have happened um so is it something that's only electric vehicles or would you see them um on it can happen on petrol and diesel I've seen fires on diesel-only buses, yeah. There was four uh, last year. One operator in London had four in quick succession. Um, yeah. Problem with the electric ones, and the fire brigade would agree with this, is the way the fire starts and how it spreads. It spreads really quick, and the, that, the power of it is really... That's the worry. Um, there was another electric bus fire about a year, 18 months ago, at Potter's Bar Garage, and it took out loads of buses. It actually happened oh. while the bus was sitting charging. So yeah. yeah. So, it's, so the danger is 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 after it catches fire. Now I did read uh, Neil Pedersen. He uh, it was something to do with the fire service. Uh, the chief executive of Fire Containers Limited. He's saying exactly the same thing. Uh, that yeah. despite uh, it's still being a rarity, if they catch fire, the electric vehicles, <laughs> yeah. it's so difficult to put them out. So at yeah. the moment, you know, there hasn't been a big accident. But do you think potentially in the wrong place of an electric vehicle could catch fire? You know, something yeah. like a tunnel? Uh, could, yeah. that, could that cause a lot of problems? Yeah, there was actually people in London will remember years ago that we had bendy buses in London and they had a fire problem. Loads of them caught fire and one actually caught fire in the Limehouse Link, which is a tunnel that runs in uh, East London to Canary Wharf. So you sort of think an electric vehicle catching fire in a tunnel, that's going to be a problem. Really big problem very quickly. So something like so, the Euro yeah. Tunnel, what could happen if 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 there was a big fire that, in the Euro Tunnel? It's a matter of time. Euro Tunnel or the um, ferry, because LPG vehicles are actually banned on Euro Tunnel because of fire risk. Um, but obviously electric ones are all right. So 
Who knows? So it's something, you know, well, let's, let's, let's hope we're not predicting something that could happen in the future. But um, if yeah. there's a massive fire, massive fire on the Euro tunnel, we might see electric vehicles possibly banned in That's the future. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, we got to keep an eye out for that one. Um, you know, the car market itself, I know you're a keen car lover. You keep an eye yeah. on it week on, week yeah. out. Uh, we're yeah. told that electric vehicles, they were good for the environment. Go buy them. Uh, it's going to be cheaper for you. What What's your evaluation on it, Paul? What's the case right. at the moment? The used EV market is plummeting. Um, talking to two car dealers recently, uh, both saying that they've got cars coming back on three-year leases, the people are going back to diesel or petrol. Uh, he said that the stock of them are building up because I can't sell them. Um, I was looking at quite a famous uh, premium electric car is the Audi e-tron. Depending on op- options, you had a, a list price of about 60000 You can pick a two-year-old one up now for around 25000 And that's the retail price. So, so part X price is going to be the low 20s. So, and that's not happening you- with the same with petrol and diesel. The depreciation is much more in the electric vehicles, I, pre- I presume. Uh, until about three or four months ago, petrol and diesel used cars were at an all-time high. They had rocketed in value. People were selling cars from 2021, selling in 2022, 23 for a profit. Um, it has started to come down as de- um, demand and supply of new vehicles has increased again. And it is starting to come back to normal. But used conventional values are still very, very good. But EV values plumbing which makes them even less value for money at the moment. Now, yeah. I know me and Rick had been talking about car insurance. Mine, uh, when it come through in November, was £100 <coughs> up. I did manage to get it back down by shopping around, yeah. by letting them get it back down. Rick, I know you uh, had some trouble as well with your car <coughs> insurance. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll expand it because I, I think a lot of people, Natalie, are going to be in for a shock this year when they get the renewals, including you, by the way. I know your renewal was only just in November, which was a few months ago, but mine came in uh, this month. Uh, it went up by 140 quid from 680 to 820 quid for the year. I've 20 years no claims discount. I've been uh, dri- uh, I've been uh, driving, you know, without any incident. One thing after another, no change at all. And when I shopped around, I negotiated them down to 70 quid increase. And then I said, leave it with me. I'll try price comparison sites. The cheapest price I got on a price comparison site, Paul, was 920 quid, which is a whopping uh, 20 to 30% increase on last year. And bear in mind that I'm 50 uh, with 20 years, no claims discount. I shudder to think what it's going to be like for people trying to insure their cars in this climate uh, over the next 12 months. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing, no claims bonus. Try putting a quote through with no, no claims bonus and a full. There's not much difference. It's big con, mm. the no claims. And then protecting your no claims is quite a con as well. People pay to protect it, then they claim, and then they go, oh, but my insurance has gone up. Well, yeah, it's gone up because you've claimed. Um, no claims bonus is a little bit, it does make a difference, but it's not like, and 20 years doesn't make a difference anyway because it's yeah. capped at 10. Or nine, so. or nine yeah. or 10, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, as yeah, was double, but, as as come in at double, um, it went well, from double. just under four hundred. Yeah, it went up from just over four hundred to uh, eight fifty was the renewal. Best price on the comparisons was seven hundred. Actually insured it for five hundred on a better policy. Um, yeah. And do yeah, you think it's possible that it's yeah? 
Uh, do you think it's possible that the electric vehicles are part of the reason? Because I've heard a lot of garages don't want to take them because they're difficult uh, to repair. Um, you've got the fires. Some places aren't even wanting to insure electric vehicles. Do you think that could be a part of the reason uh, that the car insurance is rocketing for everyone? I think it's definitely a factor, yeah. Repair costs on insurance cars are, are loads. You need specially trained people. You need some special tools. Um, I was reading somewhere the Association of British Insurers was, I don't know if it was guidance or they were sending to repairers that when they had an electric car stored in their compound for repair, it had to have sort of an exclusion zone around it. It couldn't be right. next to all the other cars. So that's well, extra is that, space. Is yeah. that due to the... Uh, fire in the car park do we think that um that they were trying to claim was a not electric vehicle it did end up being Probably. a hybrid didn't it yeah 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 so exactly. a, hy a, hy a hybrid still got the same technology in it just the battery pack would be smaller so yeah yeah but, and it's yeah. still got the same uh lithium uh battery i think is it? Uh, not, yeah yeah so that yeah. that causes yeah. that's the main problem with the fire and uh putting it out isn't it yeah yeah it's the reason that electric um scooters and electric uh hoverboards are banned on the tfl network because there was a fire on the tube so oh, you can't you can't, you can't yeah you can't get on the tfl the trains buses docklands light railway etc you can't travel with an electric scooter because of the fire yeah. risk it said, it said um, in this article, uh, yesterday's incident, this was talking about the uh, fire on the bus, was the latest example of safety faults with electric vehicles, which were the fastest growing cause of fire in the capital last year, according to the London Fire Brigade. In 2023, there were 150 e-bike fires in London, along with 28 e-scooter fires, which were 50% more than in 2022. So it's yeah. something we all need to keep an eye on and be aware of. Uh, did you want to say anything, Rick, before we have to go here? Because we're nearly up to the 10 minutes with Paul. No, just brace yourselves, folks. Brace yourselves when you get your little renewal three this year. Uh, it could be eye-watering. Uh, I think I, I thought I was done bad yesterday, but actually listening to what Paul's saying and thinking about these articles I actually got off quite lightly with my increase this year. So, yeah, I never thought I'd say that, but I'm happy. But still do the legwork. Yeah. Do, yeah. The leg, yeah do the legwork, spend the hours, and you can still reduce it. Just don't yeah, be lazy. That's what we'd definitely recommend. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go go save some money and try beat the system, which we always yeah. will encourage. Thanks again, Paul. We'll get you on again Cheers. soon for any car updates. And uh, we would need to go to a break uh, now for the headlines. And then we've got Callum Smiles after that here at Snay's News Talk. All right, let's get this underway. For our first order of business. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. US Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene has held an independent hearing examining the injuries and deaths caused by experimental COVID-19 vaccines. The deadly mRNA shots have also been linked to a surge in excess deaths and serious cardiac events in the UK. And Russian President Vladimir Putin has met with North Korea's foreign minister in Moscow as the two countries move to boost bilateral ties. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
Okay, the show is still rolling uh, merrily on here. Open line, TNT Radio. We're live, beaming out of Brisbane, but we're connecting from all over the world. Uh, our next guest is coming back again. Uh, we had a blast talking to him yesterday. He's live on location in Davos, the one and only uh, Callum Smiles, a.k.a. Callum, the unconventional journalist, as seen on the Joe Rogan podcast, ex-Rebel News, and also he says the truth doesn't have a party. He's a freelance journalist and he makes it very clear that he's not suicidal. What do you mean by that, young man? <laughs> oh well, you know, I've, I've, I can't. You know, it's my theatre background. I was, an, I was a, a comedy actor before as a journalist, and I can't help but, you know, take the piss and make jokes about these uh, elites to their face. I think it's a bit of Tourette's, but also a little bit of a death wish. Um, and yesterday we uh, managed to doorstep. That's a bit of a smudge on my screen. Um, sorry. Uh, there you go. That's much clearer. Uh, managed to doorstep the president of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And um, I think, looking at all the comments and all the viral videos online, managed to make him look a bit stupid. Although, actually, I'd maybe say he made himself look a bit stupid. How are you finding that? How are you finding actually being out and about? There are obviously there's certain parts uh, of the, the the WEF conference that you just simply can't exercise. You need certain credentials. You need to be vetted, and they'll only allow some some people into the inner sanctum. But I know you're out and about a lot. I've seen over the years uh, security levels. They bring in their own security firms into Davos at this time of the year. They're very tight. They put like a a ring of bodyguards around the high profile people. How have you found that out and about? Can you feel that menace? vibe of all these uh, roided up uh, lunatics that are on the WEF payroll guarding the like of Tony Blair or what's it like just being out and about on the streets of Davos right now? Joe, it's interesting because I think I think because you know in my capacity you're so focused on looking for these um, so the elite, the elite elites you know the, the big cheese around here their lanyards are white with a blue underline so I think because you're just always looking at them you don't really pay attention to the fact there's a few snipers on the roof over there that are uh, looking at me um annoying some of the most important people in the world i really do have a death wish don't i <laughs> but um the swiss police are actually there they are they're really reasonable uh we, there was a protest the other day where they um it was a climate change one they glued their hands to the floor and i like, went over and we went yeah, do you mind if we like get close and like do a bit of filming and you know do that in the uk and they just they just go bugger off go away go away was they actually had a bit of dialogue with us and they're like oh not here but if you want to go like over there that should be fine I was like, oh, wow, like, reasonable police. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting because uh, last night Zelensky was here um, and he was he was going into the Ukrainian house. I don't know if I've already told you that on the, on the Ukraine house, it says uh, deciding your tomorrow, which I think should actually be the West slogan instead of rebuilding trust. But there was so uh, – the, the streets were lined with armed police for that, which um, – Unfortunately, we had to get the bus back to where we we're staying, but so we missed it. But it was there was that much security. We didn't, have, you know, if you tried to get closer, you probably would have got shot. Hmm. I noticed that. Uh, uh, sorry, not. I was going to say. I was going to say, was he was, he was he was he was he carrying a pot or something? You know, throw throw him some money for uh, his uh, charity donation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Was it, yeah, did yeah. He, well, did he come up with a begging bag, bowl, bag. Yeah. a begging bowl to Klaus <laughs> yeah. Schwab and said, "Please, sir, can I have some more? Can I have <laughs> yeah. some more?" Like Oliver, uh, I, I seen I seen the video well, that's, that you posted. Um, up. I, I, so I really want 
I really wanted him to uh, to, to see him there because I was going to ask for some money back. <laughs> yeah. Can I have yeah. my money back, please? My taxpayers' money, you rubbing little toe rag. Yeah, or maybe maybe he's only there to do the catering because his stock has fallen, uh, Callum, quite substantially over the last 12 months. There's a little video uh, that you posted up yesterday uh, standing outside that uh, building and there's a Deciding Your Tomorrow banner. But I noticed that it's live read up in the old uh, blue and yellow colours of yeah. the Ukrainian flag. What's the vibe about Ukraine? Because obviously last year and 2022, everything was Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Zelensky was the golden boy. Although they've put that building up in the Ukrainian colours, has it uh, the, the, the hype a little bit, the fever a little bit, the support a little bit dying off, do you think, uh, from what you've seen over in uh, Davos concerning even Zelensky in Ukraine? It's massively tailed off. It's it's no longer the cool thing, is it? You know, there's, there's you know, it's 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 like you remember like during um yeah lockdown would happen, there'd be something else, something else, and somebody go, oh no, I've still got my like my lockdown decorations up because it's just a, a constant changing sort of holiday. Um, but yeah, so it's compared to last year, yeah, it's massively tailed off. Um, that that it's very it's very heavy on the AI sort of stuff this year. I've noticed there's a talk, might be today actually. Um, where they are focusing on what happens in the event of a Republican government in the US. I saw Paul Ryan earlier, actually. I might try to get him on the way out and ask him what he thinks. No Palestinian flags flying in Davos this year, no? No, it's a bit cold for Palestine, isn't it? <laughs> but no, it's interesting, yeah. you know, you, you say that. Me and my camera were talking about this yesterday, you know, why, why you see a lot of this in the UK. And firstly, I think, you know, what? why are you do that in the UK? You just... It's not having an effect. If you really, if you really care, go, go protest in Palestine or in Israel. But I think it's kind of you know to come here, you have to either be paid to come here, or be really weird and find this stuff so fascinating you feel compelled to come, or a death wish. Yeah. <laughs> Now next year, say, yeah. next year, Nat, will we? Do you think you and I could end up joining Callum? I'm sure he could show us the <laughs> sights. I'm sure he knows a few good coffee bars around uh, Davos. Uh, possibly, if TNT continues on the path yeah. of world domination, could you and I be sent I, out there? As I'll, I'll I'll lots of free coffee around here. Huh? Yeah. Oh, is that? I was going to say I'd be quite happy to come, yeah. but uh, but I've got quite a temper myself. And to be fair, given like watching your interviews, seeing these elites, or I should say, parasites. They do very well to just keep walking and not speaking to you. Because I'm sure if I had somebody like interviewing me, asking all these awkward questions, in the end, I would snap. Do they even have a conscience? Do they, they can just carry on walking, can't, can't they, Callum? They, they just don't care. They'll just carry on ignoring you for 10 minutes. Sometimes I think it's more of a, um, I, I think they're almost coached into this because you know, I, I was uh, I was saying to Avi Avi every other day, like, why some of these just haven't learned? Like, when they bite, that's what we want. Like, yeah, you, you exactly. are. Do you not realize you're doing our job for us? The best thing you can do is either like Mark Carney's really good at it. He actually has like a nice dialogue with you, and like he's very likable, uh, even though he's one of the biggest bankers. He's uh, really like, a so big banker, isn't he? The, the way he does it, where it's like, ah, oh, well, you, you're not. It's hard to get you know something good out of him. All like you see, you know the guy just walk with a sour face, and you think, well, you, you, you're you're kind of answering these questions for us. At the end of the day, you know they, they want to rebuild. Well, if you want to rebuild trust, start answering the public questions. 
it's and when you have the like of when you have the like of Tony Blair, that video that I saw of you uh, trying to uh, needle Tony Blair, if he was pretending you didn't even exist. Let's be honest about it. If that guy can lie about weapons of mass destruction and effectively play a part in killing uh, over a million innocent Iraqis back in the Gulf War, I would say he's got his poker face And definitely not David Kelly. Art. And definitely, definitely not David Kelly. That was completely coincidental. Uh, Callum, uh, we've got to bring this one to a close for here today. Just to guide people your direction again, you can follow Callum on X or Twitter, call it what you like, at C Smiles, S-M-I-L-E-S underscore news. Or he has a website, show him some support, show him some love. He's out there as an independent, as he said yesterday, he doesn't have the oligarch money behind him. Uh, and he's trying to do what's right. Check out his website which is Callum, C-A-L-L-U-M, CallumSmilesMedia.com. And again, just a big thanks from me and Nat for taking the time out of your day to join us here again. To make it um, easy for people to find as well, I um, I use the hashtag CallumSmilesDavos on Twitter. So they just type okay. that in, like all the stuff comes up. If, if they just want to make it an easier search. No problem. Well, there you go. Hashtag Callum Smiles Davos. There's a third way that you can search this young gentleman out and uh, show him some love, show him some support. Big thanks to you again, Callum, uh, for taking time out to join us thanks, today. Callum. We've, we've got to take a little, uh, see ya. Yep. See you tomorrow. We've got to take a little break right now. And when we come back, not nice. They'll have plenty to discuss what's going on in the big mad world out there. But stay tuned. Keep it late here live on TNT Today's News Talk. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. The U.S. National national anthem. It should go without saying that when it plays, U.S. athletes stand at attention, put their hand over their heart and sing. But remember the women's national soccer team in 2020 and then last year in New Zealand at the World Cup? Here's some examples of that. Now compare those disrespectful displays to this year's USA junior hockey team after they defeated the home team of Sweden to win the gold last weekend. contrast is stunning and the u.s women's soccer team and the whole organization should be forever shamed thanks for giving me a minute i'm steve malsberg catch my show monday through friday 9 p.m eastern right here on tnt when a crisis hits close to home and across the globe nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. the demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. 
Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, yeah, very cra- busy show. Very. Oh, sorry, Nat. Go ahead. I cut you off there. I said I was just going to say the crazies are back, and you can phone in and talk to us if you want. But I'll head it back over to you, Rick. Yeah, just a shout out to uh, all our lovely inhabitants of the live chat this morning. The chat is absolutely buzzing. It's on fire this morning. The usuals are in there. Uh, good morning or good afternoon. Good evening to Skippy. Also to Mazzy, the sunshine. Uh, Jethro's in there. Shin is in there. Just the bloke who asked questions. Hidden in plain sight. Good morning to you. Uh, a lot of people leaving comments and opinions. Uh, we fat shug is in there too. I don't know who Wee Fat Shug is, but the name is absolutely epic. I love that name. Uh, yeah, so Mogden is back in there too. So just to everyone, drumstick to everyone, a lot of new faces in the live chat as well. Uh, so it's great to see and hear from all of you as well. So just wanted to shout out and give some props to those people now. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, it's nice to be able to have a chat at the end and look at the online chat properly. So uh, we appreciate all your thoughts and your comments. Uh, we've got a story here. Uh, this one was um, a bit close to my heart. Uh, the unvaccinated children are being forced to isolate for three weeks as measles cases soar. Uh, so this isn't in uh, reference to the COVID jab. This is in reference to the MMR jab. So we're seeing here again, unvaccinated people facing shame and ostracism. Uh, So, you know, this is uh, not great. This is in schools. This is in Birmingham. They're trying to claim, as far as I can see, it's fear mongering um, once again and using coercion and saying, you know, we've got measles cases here. So if anyone's unvaccinated and they we believe they've been near someone with a measles case, we're going to send them home and they have to stay at home for three weeks. Uh, they're sending letters out, uh, basically saying to all the school children, um, anyone unvaccinated is exposed to someone with measles will be advised to isolate for three weeks but they're also opening catch-up clinics saying that won't happen if you come to our catch-up clinic and get an nmr jab you won't have to face this isolation and your kids can get a you know the schooling that they deserve anyway uh no so for anyone that doesn't know my eldest son uh was severely affected by his first mmr jab his eyes rolled back he couldn't even walk for two weeks i had to carry him around uh so he didn't have his booster and and none of uh my youngest son didn't have any jabs whatsoever specifically not the mmr so i think uh this is really quite bad because at the end of the day it's parents choice you know we know that these jabs can cause side effects so why should you be forced into having them it should be parental responsibility and choice shouldn't it rick it should and interesting you bring this up about the ostracization and the you know the demonization the trying to coerce people into saying well if you don't get this we're going to isolate you put you aside label you like we did for the people that refused to take the covid jabs and maybe not like what that whole exercise was about was to get that seeded into the minds of the general populace at large with the covid jabs you can't come in here without your certificate unless you have two boosters you can't travel you can't get on the on the 
bus or a train in France unless you've had your jabs. You can't get into America at all until you've had your jabs. Now they've said, okay, people actually did accept that. They did accept that. The population accepted it on large and people like you and I give off about it, refused to take it, but we had to be shut out. Now maybe what they're doing is they're saying, right, let's start to edge this in proper in schools because I think they're seeing the uptake, Natalie, in the jabs That's for children. Awesome. A lot of people have got a, a real serious wake-up call over the last three years and maybe now they're panicking saying, hey, hang on a minute, the take-up rates are really low. I know what That's we'll what do. We'll threaten them with ostracization and giving them that black black mark over their name. And uh, that's it's good old-fashioned bullying is all it is, yeah. good old-fashioned bullying. Yeah, and it's exactly what they did with the COVID jab. It says the MMR uptake has worsened since COVID after school mm -hmm. closures, the diversion of vaccinators to administer COVID jabs and increased anti-vax sentiment. Um, you know, I actually had problems because um, I had two special needs children um, when I was trying to get them what they call a statement to get into school, I was repeatedly told we may not be able to give them that because you've not vaccinated them. That was uh, when they were in their special uh, school at nursery. Um, and I really fought for that. I said, absolutely not. I've had one child already injured. I said that, you know, that in the end uh, helped my case. Uh, but that shouldn't need to be the case. You shouldn't have to say I've already had one child injured. And, you know, my secondary school now, the children's secondary school, no, I mean, I put it. I've I wrote so many letters in stating that my children are to receive no medical treatment and no vaccinations at the school whatsoever. Uh, they had a vaccination uh, on was it Monday? I think my son said, and he said, "Mum, it was really nice." I was sat in the class, and uh, you know, everybody else was coming back. Uh, they were struggling. They had a sore arm. They were feeling dizzy. Uh, they were feeling ill and I just sat there smiling and I said, absolutely, you do the same. And, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's a no brainer, no vaccinations for my children. And, and I just, you know, I've got no problem. Freedom of choice. If you want your children to be vaccinated and you've done your research and that's what you want, then you go for it. But there should be no coercion, Rick, as far as I'm concerned. And taking kids off school and, and punishing them essentially is just absolutely out of order. It is. And, you know, here's the thing. We also shouldn't have to give a, a, an explanation of ourselves when it comes to our children's decisions that we make for our children. And many, many times a lot of parents are put under pressure. Well, why? You have to fill in a form. And when you tick that box, say you don't want them, explain to us why you don't want them. You shouldn't have to explain that to the people. Now, having said that, if the school and the medical council want to offer everyone a chance to get a jab, you know, they're feel free to do that. You don't have to take it. And if you don't take it, you should be under no pressure whatsoever to give an explanation to yourself. And you shouldn't be repeatedly hassled for it afterwards. To me, Natalie, that's harassment. When you say I don't want this and they keep bombarding you with text messages or letters to your kids when you've made it clear, uh, that should be a case for good old fashioned harassment. And that's exactly what they're doing, keeping the pressure on. I did I did read as well this morning because I put this up as a story because it does upset me seeing that my child was injured by this uh, jab that they are doing uh, work at the moment and they're trying to get a new measles jab which will be MMR uh, MRNA getting confused with MMR uh, but it will be linked to the COVID jab so it will be a measles stroke COVID jab at the same time and it will be um, MRNA so uh, whether they're starting with this in order to push a new jab in the future and trying to say oh well the rates were awful and measles is spreading everywhere 
you know, I do, I wouldn't put it past them, but I think they're going to have a job because I think a hell of a lot of people now are just not confident um, on in, in on the immunizations. That would be jabs. I'll just say jabs rather than immunizations. Just, jabs, yeah. <laughs> just and then and then I can't uh, can't get it wrong. But yeah, I think a lot of lot of people after COVID, you're going to they've got a real job on their hands to get people to change their mind now. They do. They do indeed. Uh, we've got another story here. Uh, I think I want to try and slip in. Obviously, it's somewhere close to uh, home for me in Ireland. Uh, you know, this whole tension about um, immigration, uh, migrants, immigration, processing centres, asylum seekers, it's really coming to a head over here right now. Some uh, councils are now saying we refuse to deal with the government anymore about this issue because it's it's wrecking our county, uh, County Donegal in particular, and uh, County Sligo, I think, in Ireland are two particularly badly affected areas. Uh, in a place called Ross Cray, uh, again, a hotel has been taken over for uh, a squad of uh, migrants to be put in there. The locals have been protesting against this. Uh, they, the RAD squad was sent out this week. Uh, a video was posted up by Grip Media. Uh, a phalanx of Gardaí, which is the Irish police force, uh, corralled local protesters away from the entrance to the Racket Hall Hotel so migrants claiming asylum uh, can enter local uh, member of parliament Matty McGrath said the government was adopting a crappy lie down approach to its own people I really do think uh, they will take a step too far when you see rat police beating back men women and children to allow illegal immigrants to be placed free of charge that their taxpayers money is funding in a hotel in their city centre not like there's only so much of this people can take and it's been brewing and bubbling for a long time we're seeing places being burnt down now in Ireland dozens of places being torched and people now starting to switch and swing in their opinion this could be the make or break year uh, for this issue in ireland i think and uh, this uh, ross cray could just be the tipping point yeah i mean it must be heartbreaking for um elderly people particularly mm -hmm. who have worked their whole life and paid their taxes uh and they were under the understanding that the police or, or the garda were to protect them the citizens that you know they've they've done their work they put their money in but in this case the Garda aren't protecting Irish citizens, are they? They're actually no. protecting the migrants. You know, they're using their own police force that you paid into for some people for their whole entire lives, and they're, and they're protecting other people. It, it's very, very insulting, Rick. You know, and I'm not condoning uh, violence. I'm not saying that no. the... the, yeah, that the um, uh, asylum seekers or immigrants, you know, should should have violence against them either. Of course not. But really, are they not protecting the wrong people here? Yeah, and, you know, we've made it clear as well, uh, you and I, many, many times, we're not against people coming into the UK and Ireland and working and, you know, people trying to make a better life for themselves. As long as there's somewhere for them to go, there's jobs for them to do, and they're not just here to write off the pig's back and pocket a lot of money because Ireland for a time was paying out the most benefits of anywhere in Europe. And there are people coming in that are working. There are people coming in yep. that are contributing to society. But the people that the residents are concerned about are gangs multiple gangs of men loitering around in public parks, drinking, doing drugs, doing God knows what, intimidating the locals. Uh, you know, some of the videos that I've seen, real videos uh, posted up recently of some of the antics that these men have been getting up to are absolutely horrendous. And in a small village setting, Maybe it's a little bit different if it's a city centre of somewhere like London or Birmingham or even Belfast or Dublin. You know, you see behaviour like that, but in a quiet rural village with little kids running around in parks and uh, primary schools, 
It's well, what do you expect people to do? The government won't give them any answers or engage with them either. So what do you expect people are going to do? And you know, not only that. Um, in this uh, particular, is it a little town? Is it Ross Cray, a little town? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It says uh, protesters have already pointed out that the town already has two migrant sa- centres there. One hosts four hundred Ukrainians and another two hundred claiming asylum. So this new one, that's on top of that already. You know, you can understand the local residents, as we've said before. You know, if it's suddenly in Reading and someone says you're suddenly going to have a thousand, you know, white men from Manchester suddenly mm-hmm. put into in. in to Reading, you know, I'm not going to be that happy with it. Who, no. what's their backgrounds? You know, are mm-hmm. they criminals? Why aren't their families with them? You know, this this isn't a race thing. This isn't a religious thing. This is just, you know, we don't want to know where these people are. You can't just suddenly take a large group of male, you know, males and say you're going yep. to be safe. You know, people are going to be upset about it. They are. And if they, can you imagine that, you know, if that was outside your son's school or in the park, you know, when you, the kids were younger, you used to take them to the park. And as soon as you walk in through the gates, you know, you see 10 or 15 guys. It doesn't have to be black people. Any, it doesn't matter who they are. A group of men that you don't know, you don't know who they are. They're all getting drunk. They're leering at you. They're maybe shouting comments in another language or doing whatever to intimidate you. And again, it could be white men. It, the color of the skin is not important. It's the fact that these men are in these areas and they're disrupting, causing massive disruptions and fear and intimidation in local communities. And yet the police are happy to beat the protesters back against them coming in, but they seem to turn a blind eye when they're asked to deal with these men in numbers in local areas, especially when they're drunk. It's 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 tragic. It's disgusting. McEntee has to go. Drew Harris, uh, the cop, uh, police chief, has to go as well. They're an absolute shame and disgrace and an abomination. They have no place being in any position of uh, power authority in Ireland or anywhere else in the world for that matter absolutely as is the case so so uh much everywhere else as well um uh, there was a comment i wanted to read out in the online chat louise mm. s said my children are fully vaccinated up until convid come along except for the flu miss they've never had that but they will never have a vaccination again so exactly what we're saying there are a lot of people that feel like louise um and yeah the, the online chat is so busy uh mm. today as well um we've got uh that hidden in plain sight, sunshine, shin, holly, wee fat, shug. They're, they're all commenting. I can't read out all your comments, but keep them coming here. Uh, did you want to cover another story, Rick, quickly before no, we one uh, comment, go? One, we... one comment that can pick up on that, just on this subject here. Uh, sunshine has put a really uh, relevant comment in the live chat as well uh, concerning Ireland. Said It's just a small country with a small population. Ireland is a UN beta test. I believe that with all my heart. Natalie, I don't know if you're familiar with the geography of Ireland quite a large country in terms of land mass, but our population over here is only combined north and south. You're talking about a combined population of about uh, 7 million people. So it's smaller than London, but yet it's an entire country. Okay. And many of the areas that these people are being put into, and we're talking about hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of men being brought in here, the country just can't support it. We have no, the, the rental crisis here is crazy. There's a shortage of houses. There's 12,000 people homeless. The, you know, the doctor's surgeries are overburdened with Irish people, let alone tens of thousands or over 100,000 migrants that have been brought in here over the last few years. This is why people are wound up and upset as well. And they want answers and they're not getting them. So they get hacked off. And yes, I do believe this is a test the same way as Australia, Canada and New Zealand were lockdown tests, quarantine tests during COVID. I think this is Ireland and the UK are getting this for this uh, unchecked the, migration because yes, it's ruining uh, the we country. Are. 
Absolutely. And uh, we've seen it as well. Wales uh, started with the 20 mile an hour. They were the test for that. Uh, They tend to have these kind of WEF Western countries test new ideas and see how they go down. And unfortunately, they're getting away with it in Ireland and the UK with the migration because not much has actually been done, is it? And, uh, you know, people are protesting, but they're largely ignoring them. So we will, of course, here at today's News Talk, continue to keep you updated on all of those subjects and bring you the truth unlike the legacy mainstream media who are only giving you their narrative or agenda. Uh, We've uh, come into the end of the show now. Uh, We need to thank uh, Giza Paul, who came on, and Callum Smiles. Uh, I've been Natalie Cheel. Rick Mann is here for another hour for Locked and Loaded, so please stay on and listen to him there. He's got guests galore there as well. I'm off to the hospital, so wish me luck there. Uh, uh, My hands will be in the NHS later on, so let's see what goes on there. Um, Have a great day, everyone. I will be back at nine o'clock tomorrow. Bye-bye.